Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine. Hey, today we've got Tanuj Toplial joining us. He's with Spot AI, and we're going to have a fantastic conversation for you all about video. What can you do with it? What should you be doing with it? Uh, what did you maybe forget that you should be doing with it? All these things, we're going to get into that uh, here in just a minute. Tanuj, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Tanuj, look, man, you are like speaking my language here because I've been doing video uh, for a very long time. Uh, we're going on almost two decades now. So I've been kind of watching uh, video in general kind of evolve yeah. and mature. Um, sure. This is going to be fun, my friend. This is going to be fun. <laughs> all right. So let's uh, before we get into all of all of that, all the video things, let's give uh, folks just a little bit of your background. Can you kind of give us the elevator pitch of kind of who you are and where you come from? Yeah. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Spot AI. Um, we are a video intelligence company that makes easy to use AI camera systems. And we focus heavily on, uh, making it easier for car wash operators to use our cameras for more. Um, my background, uh, I recently graduated from Stanford university where I co-founded the company with a few of my classmates. And before that, uh, my experience has been in it. I was an early engineer at a IT company that made really easy to use software. And then I studied artificial intelligence in grad school and saw a really interesting opportunity where it just didn't make sense to me why it was so hard for people to pull video off a camera. And we all felt that video is far more useful than just security and catching the bad guy. That's funny. Yeah, that's super interesting. Well, I, um, first of all, not the only company to come out of Stanford. So, you know, we may know of a few of those. Um, <laughs> talk to me, though, about like why video, like why video yeah. intelligence? What was it specifically that drew you? Yeah, it's it was this observation that there are all these people at work who are changing their relationship with their cameras and they're starting to try to get visual context on what's happening around them. Mm -hmm. And technology being either ancient, like swordfish from the 90s, like keyboard, mouse, monitor, you're going in a dark room, lock and yeah. key, right? Or incredibly complex, right? Where you need a PhD just to be able to, you know, operate the technology. And what we saw was that, like, what got me excited about it is, you know, if you could deliver technology in a really simple and easy to use form, right? So my mom can go and install a system or you know, like my dad can go and, you know, use it and actually be able to access video and get insights off of it. We felt that if we brought down the friction for people, they would start using the systems in new ways and they would teach us, you know, more value and more things they could get out of it. So I kind of fell in love with the problem. And it felt like, you know, in car washes, it's such an, it's like one of the most American businesses that you could possibly imagine, right? It's a rite of passage. You know, you go in your summers as a teenager and go, you know, work there. It's it's an operations heavy business. It's all about customer service and delivering consistent high throughput customer service that can scale. Right. 
And I don't know, like it just felt like if we could make it easier for people in these jobs to kind of be the best versions of themselves and supercharge their own missions, like that would be a good way to have impact on the world. And the way you do it is you take emerging tech and you just make it really, really, really easy for anybody to be able to use. Well, one of my, one of my favorite phrases is, uh, is that easy is hard, right? I mean, if, oh, yeah. if, if yeah. everything was easy to create and all these things were easy to make, there'd be, they'd be everywhere. But there's exactly. a reason that these things take time and take guys yeah. like you and your co-founders to create these. Um, yeah. I, I want to get into, okay, so you, you started down this path a little bit about um, video in the car wash industry. And uh, I think it's really interesting from a couple of uh, perspectives, right? So one is the technology in the car wash industry is accelerating rapidly, like Very, faster than it yeah. ever has, right? And Very so rapidly, yeah. All of this, all of this is sort of well suited to kind of slide into that space. And especially as you look at what's happening with point of sale systems, as they start to evolve in this industry, and um, what people are doing now with uh, license plate recognition and how you're starting to see more cameras at the locations. Talk to me a little bit about kind of what things look like now and sort of where do you think we're going? Yeah, so I think today you're starting to see the modern car wash run with a tablet when it used to be run a lot with clipboards and, and pens, right? And you're seeing this movement where Everything is going on a tablet. Mm -hmm. And this idea that, you know, you go to this dedicated pay station and they rip off a, a little stub. And, you know, those days are very rapidly becoming behind us. And I think what you're seeing is that, you know, people want easier ways to be able to delight their customer. Mm -hmm. And the moment you have software running on a tablet, for example, it can be a point of sale system right? It could be, you know, a bunch of different things, right? You, you're enabling that operator to have something that'll keep getting better and better. So you keep getting the latest and greatest technology, it updates and improves. And with cameras, you know, you're starting to see a lot more cameras get used and installed in car washes, right? So, you know, it could be you, you know, monitoring the, the entrance to the tunnel, right? Or the exit of the tunnel or, you know, the, the sea off bay or, you know, the lanes right at the beginning and making sure everything's evenly distributed, right? It could be looking at, you know, from the pay station to the entrance of the tunnel, seeing if you have a bunch of brake lights on and, you know, did you put the right two to 5% grade, you know, to make sure that people aren't accelerating, right, into the entrance of the tunnel and they're able to come in a little bit more smoothly, right? It could be, you know, the classic, right, with, with the pilots, of course, and if you jump a roller, right? Like you want to know that right away and, the, the issue with the industry is it's a peak to average problem because, you know, you're going to have, you know, a week of snow and salt and, you know, the forecast is sunny on a Saturday. And I mean, that's that's go time, right? When, you know, you got to be on your A game and that's the time, you know, the, the damage claims pile up and throughput is is really, really important. And I what I'll say is this, which I think one thing I see about the industry that I see trending and changing mm -hmm. is I don't think damage claims should ever be thought of as a cost center item. And it's never about saving time in damage claims. Like, I don't think that actually matters, right? Like, okay, I can file a ticket faster or I have to go to insurance and all of that. I don't think that matters. See, because if you look at the structure of a car wash, right? It's a very high gross profit business, like mm -hmm. inherently, right? So you shouldn't be worried about, you know, like the cost side too much. What you should think about is... 
if you're doing a hundred thousand cars in a year, tens of thousands of cars, and you have you know six hundred damage claims, right? I mean, the the dirty secret or whatever you know, pun intended, yeah. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that very few of them are actually caused by the the car wash operator. Yeah. When you clean a car, you're gonna see more dings and like you know when something goes wrong, right? It's generally a pretty significant malfunction. The problem is this, even though from a cost perspective, you're not paying a lot for claims, you now have hundreds of people in the community you serve going home, right? At that dinner table and saying, man, like, you know, like my antenna got bent or they scratched my rim and delivering premium customer service to me is all about thinking customer backwards. And how do you make that claims experience actually a delightful experience for that customer? Because you know, for them, you know, they, you know, they're kind of bummed, right? The car got dinged or crashed, or they might say, hey, like, you know, can you believe it? Someone rear-ended me in the tunnel, right? And, you know, like I went to the operators, they said, hey, it's not my problem, right? When the irony of the situation is they probably braked, it it jumped over and it's actually their fault, but that isn't what matters. What matters is they're really, really bummed. So, you know, you can reinvent that experience if you think about video and video intelligence. Like imagine anytime you get one of these claims, right? You send an email to that person. You say, hey, super sorry we heard about this. We take this really, really seriously. This is a problem. We ran an investigation. This is what we found. You came at this time. You left at this time. You're in the tunnel for this time, right? Here's a video clip showing your car passing all the way through. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to find any example where your car got hit, right? Um, and oftentimes when a car is cleaned, you know, you might surface, you know, those those little dings and, you know, like, you know, curb rashes and all that stuff. Right. However, we know this isn't a very pleasant experience for you. Here's a free twenty five dollar coupon. Right. Um, on the house. Right. And feel free to come back and, you know, give us another try if you're open. to it. So now you know, one of the, sorry, I want to I want to mention something here. You know, what's fascinating to me is like. We. In the in the kind of private networks of the car wash owners and operators, that this is a thing. Like this is something that people are talking about a ton. Yep. Um, and it yeah. really, I mean, it comes back to a, a messaging opportunity and a brand opportunity at the at the core. Exactly. Um, and yeah. I think that what we struggle with so often is that for many of us in this industry, this this is our business, right? Like this is our business. There's no way that we are at fault. And even if we're not at fault, sometimes we're a little defensive about not being at fault. And from a customer perspective, we just kind of we just kind of got to show grace, I think. And I think that um, even right now, even if you have security cameras and you show people some of this footage, uh, that doesn't always matter. They still, like you said, they still had a bad feeling. Um, so how can you do that? Uh, how can you show them that stuff without um, one making it seem like you're defensive? Right. Yeah. And two, without making the customer feel worse, because I don't I mean, it doesn't yeah. feel real great if I go through and it's like, oh, yeah, that was my fault. Oh, man, I'm an idiot. Oh, no, yeah. I feel terrible. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I'm I'm with you. And it's all about just thinking customer backwards in whatever market you serve. Right. Like, for example, you know, if you're in an area that's a little more rural. Right. You might have a lot of Ford F-150s rolling through. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are working in a lot of gravel, a lot of mud. Right. And they might think of damage claims very, very differently than you're in a super urban area. Right. Or you have a bunch of Mercedes Benzes rolling through and they're super sensitive about their rims. Right. 
And how you treat those customers is going gonna, is gonna to vary. But I think you're hitting the nail on the head that there's an amazing opportunity to build really customer-centric brands. If you think of the experience being more like, we're really sorry this happened. This sucks. We take this super seriously. We're going to look into it right away. And then this is what we found. It might not quite be the outcome you're looking for, but you know, here's a free coupon on us, blah, blah, blah. And you're now making it really customer-centric that entire experience. And look, there's going to be a non-zero number of times where it is your bad. And that's what insurance is for, right? And, and there's, there's you know, a process for all of that too, right? Like you can't avoid it in the industry, right? But then, you know, that's a way you can scale quality is template those emails up because you're going to have a ton of new hires. You might be a multi-unit, multi-location business, right? Have some nice, you know, honest, you know, emails ready to go that, you know, make it all about that customer. And the last thing I'll say is this, which I've seen another interesting trend in this industry. And it's that you used to have a split between membership and subscription and retail, mm-hmm. right? Where you had way more retail than, than membership. And that's starting to shift, right? And you might've been happy with a 50-50 split, but now like I'm, I'm talking to operators who are at you know, 70-30 splits where most of their revenue streams are actually memberships. Yep. And what happens in that case, it's happened in every market, right? Is people change their relationship with that vendor, right? If it's a membership, right? Yeah. It's, it's more of a partnership with that brand and they're counting on them to deliver a clean car quickly and consistently, right? And that puts the onus on the operators to always be trying to make it better and better and provide a better service and iterate and learn from fellow operators and figure out what they want to tweak, right? Um, yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting to news. You know, I didn't, I didn't really put much thought into it that way, but you're right. I mean, once you become a member of something, your expectations are higher, right? Exactly. So there's more pressure. Yeah. So you do need to be delivering on, on kind of all fronts there. Um, look at the end of the day, the, the, the great news <laughs> is that damage uh, does not happen very frequently, right? No. I mean, the data yeah. shows that it's it like less than, um, less than uh, one hundredth of 1% uh, in terms of overall cars wash. So it's not happening every day. So, Let's talk a little bit about um, video intelligence in terms of what else can we do with this thing? Like how else should we be thinking about video intelligence? Yeah. So cameras can be used for a lot and video intelligence can be used for a lot, right? And maybe actually, actually, Tanuj, I'm going to cut you off because I really, we should maybe define video intelligence. Yeah. Like what is it? Yeah. What is video intelligence? So (laughs) video intelligence is a tool that's able to help anyone at work make decisions based on video context instead of hearsay. So what that means is that when you're trying to solve a problem at work, you can use video off a camera to make a decision on what you change or what you do. That's really the ethos of video intelligence. So you're using video as a new data source to to make a decision on what to change, right? So, I mean, I gave an example of like the grade, you know, from the pay station to the entrance of the tunnel. I mean, you can have another on roller spacing right? Like, let's say you're, you're tweaking some parameters, you know, in the tunnel, right? And you're at a, you know, seven foot roller spacing, right? And you want to see, you know, can I drive better throughput if I trim that roller spacing, you know, down in half and, you know, change, reduce the speed, right? And you can use cameras to be able to check and monitor the performance of that, right? Like how many, you know, how many, you know, roller jumps did you have in a day on your busiest day, right? Um, we can get even more specific. Let's say you're in a market 
where let's use the example where there are a lot of premium cars, a lot of Mercedes, yeah. BMWs, right? Super sensitive on the on the rims, right? They're going to notice dings and scratches on the rims, right? So now let's say you put some, you know, polyethylene plastic on the guardrails, right? The 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 guide rails, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whether it's a, you know, it's a front pull or a rear push, right? You're you're putting them in the right place and for example, you can use video intelligence and cameras to be able to monitor right looking at those belts and make sure did you countersink the bolts in, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't want those bolts to protrude out and, and scratch all the cars because you're going to realize that later and you're going to have some, you know, spike up in damage claims. But again, it's not about the cost of the claims. It's about the brand impact, right, of all those people going home, right? So those are some examples. The detail shop is another great area, hmm. right? Are you doing a quick express detail, right? Um, you can use video intelligence to help coach and train the people in that detail shop and help show them the best practices of how to run a high quality detail at high throughput. So you can record video of like your best performing person, you know, doing all the different steps. You can share that with your newest hire. And then as your newest hire is working the first one, two weeks, you can help annotate the video. You can show them, hey, at this part, you might want to try it this way. And it helps people be the best versions of themselves. And what we've learned, Matt, is that when you provide the video intelligence to everybody in that workplace, you normalize the data source and you help them use it as a coaching and training and development tool. And when you have trained labor shortages in the car wash industry, we have like a lot of first time people getting their first jobs ever, right? Entering this profession, how you coach and train and develop people becomes really important. So if you make them a participant in the video systems and help them use video intelligence, that's a way that you can drive enormous improvements in how people deliver quality customer service without, you know, freaking out and stressing them out that, you know, they have to work faster, faster, faster. It's about coaching and training and development, right? So I <laughs> I started to laugh a little bit because I, I can't help but think of uh, a bunch of car wash folks sitting in a room with a projector watching game film, right? It's like, yeah. and you got... You got John Madden, he's telestrating yeah. the thing, and he's like, yeah. you got to hit it with compressed air here. And then, boom, yeah. the dirt is gone. Right? It's like, I'm with on. you. I'm, yeah. That's the future, man. That's funny. That's, yeah. I, could, I could see it. I could see it. I, we'll, we'll film it when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, talk to fun. me a little bit about, okay, so cameras, cameras everywhere, right? So there was a time um, when cameras were super expensive. It was really oh, yeah. a, a, a big barrier to entry. Now cameras and the technology that goes in them is pretty inexpensive. I mean, this whole thing, what, what we're doing right now, I've got one camera in front of me. Uh, yeah. We're recording on the internet and it's happening in, a, yeah. in an office, right? So yeah. Yeah. these things have come a long way. Um, how important was that in terms of making this possible? I, I imagine it was it was the only reason it was possible. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're hitting the nail on the head. And see, market inflection points, they, they really have to intersect some technology inflection point. And in our case, high quality, high definition, reliable cameras have gotten so dirt cheap mm-hmm. that it's extremely low friction to put them anywhere. And by doing that, you're able to get eyes in more places. Um, that's That's been kind of a mega thing that's needed to happen. And at this point, I can get a high definition camera in the low tens of dollars that's super premium, super rugged, right? Isn't going to break. And they're all commodities, right? 
and you know you can you can get them you can get them from anywhere right us you know taiwan yeah. you know china if you're bold um <laughs> and uh it 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 doesn't matter right there but them coming down in cost is what's enabling this movement to happen with all these people at work trying to access cameras and use cameras and use video for a lot more so the same story with all technology, right? This, that, this is why we're advancing in point of sale. This is why we're advancing exactly in right. license plate recognition. All these things. All these things are happening because uh, technology is getting cheaper so we can buy it and we can implement it and people are finding creative ways. Uh, but let's let's move to the people side of this because yeah, not everybody loves being videotaped or no. filmed, however yeah. you want to frame yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but we are, <laughs> I mean, whether we like to know it or not, <laughs> we're, we're being filmed all the time. Like it's, it, I mean, there are cameras, cameras everywhere. Do you think, are there any barriers on that front in terms of like implementing yeah. some of this technology? Like, are there going to be conversations that you have to have with customers? Great question. So what the way we approach it is the more access you give the video to more people, mm-hmm. the more you help this data source, like help people accomplish whatever goals or missions they have. And I'll get specific about this. Yeah. So, you know, education is a key component of this. So when you're introducing a new technology into your business, and in this case, like with, with car washes, right? Like you have an obligation to be able to educate and train every single person in that car wash from the CSA, right? All the way up to your managers and, you know, ownership level, right? On how to use the technology, what to use it for, Right. And then you're thinking that the key is you need to give access to it to as many people as you can within that org. And the moment you do that, everyone's kind of on the same side. See, Big Brother, it's about information asymmetry. It's about only a few people having access to something or having access to data. But the moment you have screens all over, you know, the office area, right, like right behind the tunnel, um, you know, in the detail shop and you have video and signage everywhere, you've normalized a data source and people are using it to make better decisions. Now on the customer side, I mean, if we go back to the damage claim example, video is a fantastic way for you to be able to build a brand and build a relationship with your customers, mm-hmm. right? If they're upset that something got dinged or something got hit, send them the video, share it with them, right? And say, this is your card. This is your video. Here's a clip of the car running through. We analyze this to see if we could do something better for you, right? And that's a way that you can bring your customer into the video intelligence movement is share the video with them and, and you know, show them what happened, right? Um, of course, there's stuff with insurance as well that you can, in the, you know, in the rare never events where something actually did happen. Yeah. But the key barrier to adoption to me, I think is technology, like with this kind of technology is education. Yeah, and okay. the more you educate all the different personas in that workplace, who are interacting with the cameras, the better it is for that business and for all those people. Um, so, so okay. I want to know, um, it makes totally makes sense uh, from a car wash perspective in terms of, um, you know, it has potential implications for training. It has potential implications for damage claim, um, potential implication for, you know, being able to look at some of your process and watch those Throughput, and get a, a, yeah. you know, a, different, uh, a different perspective on things. Um, talk to me a little bit about, what you see in other industries? How are people using this kinds of technology? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we can talk a bit about the industrial vertical, which is another vertical that we sell in. Um, Operations people 
are using video intelligence to be able to detect if a conveyor belt stopped? And more critically, why did the belt stop? Did a nail snag the belt? Did someone unplug the power? Did the person operating the belt have a shift change and move to a different part of the plant? Right? Um, is, is there a tear in the belt? Right? Or did the goods on the belt go askew and basically block movement of the belt? Right? Um, throughput is also really, really important in industrial settings, particularly with COVID, because you've ended up having supply chains really, really strained. So they've had multiple years of CAGR uh, compressed into like one or two years. What it means is they have no time for recovery. So, you know, they always had a week of snow in the, you know, sunny Saturday every day. Right. So so they're they're hurting. So you can help operations people in these, you know, factories and warehouses, for example, be able to maintain good throughput. Safety is a big, big, big thing in industrial settings. So environmental health and safety can use video intelligence to be able to detect is a stack of boxes too high. Uh, right. And that's a great one because you want to be able to alert on that. You want to be able to go and fix it. And you want to bring that organization into the video itself to then be able to coach and train and make that a, a learning moment to prevent that from happening. Because everyone in that workplace wants to make sure they can go home to their families. Yeah. Right. Um, so those are some examples in industrials. I mean, we have some really interesting use cases that we couldn't have predicted. So. <laughs> We, and, they're, and they're the most bizarre things. And we learn from our customers every day what they're using video for. Like we have a large uh, satellite internet provider that is using video intelligence to be able to detect frosting on antennas of all things. Like, and these are base stations like, you know, at the top of mountains in North Dakota, yeah. right? That are bouncing signal from antenna to antenna. You can't send a technical person up there. <laughs> And when the antennas start frosting, it's a leading indicator that the communication systems might go down, right? And it helps the antenna engineer design the antennas better because maybe there's water accumulation and mm-hmm. ice formation and that type of thing. So that's another use. It's it's like a use case you can never predict. Yeah. Right. Um, so like, I mean, th- look, at yeah. the end of the day, you could you could send techs up there. They're just probably not going to come to work the next day. <laughs> No, I mean, no, I mean, they, they're not coming they back from that job. Yeah, no, they, they're, they're dispatching some Eskimos, I think, to, <laughs> yeah, right. to take care of these. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are some examples. Yeah. Well, um, what I love about this, so, okay, look, we are all um, inundated with data sources, right? Data points. Uh, but yeah. I do, I do really appreciate um, implementing some video intelligence to the to the um, algorithm, so to speak, because I think that it's really easy for us to um, get myopic and look at what's right in front of us. And I think being able to have different video perspectives of what's going on up the stream, so to speak, is really helpful. I mean, do, I, do, do you know the story about the, um, <laughs> I've told this story before, but it's it's about the, the kids who were getting thrown in the river? No, no, go for it. All right, so it's, yeah, so two <laughs> yeah. people are standing on the side of the river uh, and you know, they look out and yeah. all of a sudden there's a child flailing around. And so one guy jumps in, he goes and he gets the kid, brings him to shore. A few minutes later, they look out. It happens again. Another one guy jumps out, goes and brings a kid to shore, saves him. This happens for like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> all these kids are just yeah. coming, coming yeah. in the river and they're having to save all these kids. Until ultimately one guy jumps in, brings a kid to the shore, puts the kid on the side. Kid's fine. 
Yeah. And he just takes yeah. off. He takes off leaving. And the other guy says, what are you going to, what are you doing? Are you just going to leave me here with all these kids? Like, what are you going to do? And he's yeah. like, no, I'm going upstream because I'm going to see who's throwing all these kids in the river. <laughs> like, so it's, it's a good example, right? Of like, you, sometimes you're looking too closely at the thing in front of you and you got to oh, go upstream. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can get a complete picture of what's happening now, right? Um, you can be in multiple places at once. If you're a multi-location car wash, yeah, right? You just acquired a location maybe, right? You can learn about what's working there and share it with your other locations, right? There's there's so much you can get from visual context, right? So then you don't have to be in the right place at the right time, right? Well, just to be able to learn something. Yeah. yeah, and what's fascinating with all of this is that people are so much more um, video tolerant and video embraceive, right? Like, I mean, yeah. we did, we, we tried, uh, this was probably 15 years ago. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we put out a show that was a that was a pretty routinely like I think it was a monthly thing or a quarterly thing that was like yeah. best practices of what's going on in the car wash industry. But we were too fast because yeah. video adoption wasn't there. There were no distribution yeah. infrastructure at the time. It was really hard to consume and, and deal with and do. So that ultimately went away. Well, now. Right. Everybody's got access all the time. If they've got access yeah. on their phones, they're comfortable yeah. with consuming content that way exactly. i think it's i think it's a, a a fundamental shift in our um our okayness with video right 100 percent, and that is the key in addition to the technology inflection point is you know 80 percent of traffic on the internet's video and it's youtube netflix mm-hmm. right and like i don't know about you but like i can sit on a friday evening you know after a you know like a busy work day get on tiktok and just lose a half hour of my time. <laughs> and I'm spending eight seconds on each thing, like maybe mildly chuckling. And like, like we have humans have an insatiable appetite to consume video. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of the emotional thing that that we're seeing happen is people are pointing that same desire towards cameras that they've installed in their businesses. And they just want to be able to see more and know what's happening. And use it as a new data source to make daily, like it's not about security once in six months, catch the bad guy. Right. It's about every single day using it to make better decisions, coach and train their people, drive throughput, right? Um, you know, deal with damage claims, right? Like that's the transformation we're seeing. But I think you're, you're touching on something really crucial that like it wasn't a normal thing for us to do until mm-hmm. just a few years ago is like want to watch more like lots of video um so yeah well i think i think an important component of all of this right is that this is um this is a data point and at the end of the day you need to use all the data points available to you and you need to integrate all of that into your business smartly uh because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna miss it right you can't just look at the video and go only on that that's got to be a component of your overall strategy of how you're evaluating your business and how you're doing continuous improvement. Yeah, that's actually a brilliant point, right? Because you're going to get great data from a point of sale system, Mm -hmm. for example, right? Um, There are all kinds of other sensors that you're putting in, right? You have preventative maintenance, you know, on your, you know, scrubbers and, you know, your, your conveyor belt. And, you know, like there's, there's a ton of things that you're actually monitoring and instrumenting at the same time. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's not going to, be the whole solution. So you have to work backwards from the problems you're trying to solve. Yeah. And in some cases, video is going to help you. In others, it, it might not. And that's yeah. okay too. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, Tanuj, before I before I let you off the hook here, out of the uh, proverbial hot side, a hot seat. <laughs> Uh, I want to know what's the future look like? Where do you think we're going? Yeah. I mean, I think video intelligence is going to be on all around us, right? Um, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be screens, you know, that are yep. going to be all throughout car washes, right? Tablets, laptops, desktops, monitors, right? Um, I think in a couple years, I mean, we're early for this, but our last major interface revolution was was mobile 15 yeah. years ago with, with the iPhone revolution, right? And BlackBerry for a little bit before that. I think eventually you're going to have augmented reality headsets consumerizing. Give it five years. Like you got a lot of smart people working on it, you know, over at Apple and all these companies. And eventually that's going to become a normal part of our society too. And I see an opportunity for video intelligence on those headsets to overlay exactly what's happening in your in your work environment around you. Right. So I imagine that visual context is going to be used far, far, far more than it is now. And rather than it being this spike of emergency in a few months, it's yeah. going to be constant use, you know, multiple times a day with every persona in the workplace. That's what I envision is going to happen. Yeah. So, I, I got to, I mean, we were talking about content. It feels a little black mirror. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it feels yeah. a little black mirror to me, but here we go. It's, right. Get on the train. I, I'm with you. And my take on that is the way you, you solve for that world happening is as a provider of technology, you have an obligation to educate people yeah. on what it can be used for, right? And being vocal about the impact of the technology on all the different stakeholders and let those people be a voice and participant in how they want the technology being used. If you don't do that, then you can end up, I think, in a, in a not so nice situation. But if you bring everyone in at the very beginning of the movement and let them have a say in what they want to use it for, then there's an amazing opportunity for it to supercharge everyone's missions. Hmm. Um, I can give you an example of, um, to, to wrap it up Yeah. Um, where I've seen this happen before in IT. So email is a great example of this. So let me ask you a question, right? Which is if your IT department came to you and said, hey, we read all your emails and we noticed that you're emailing, you know, this one, you know, like uh, vendor, right? And you shouldn't be emailing them. What would your reaction be to that IT person? I'd be pretty frustrated. Yeah, I'd be pretty. Yeah, you'd be. You'd, <laughs> like, you'd, why are you reading my emails? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. then you'd go and tell your coworkers and yeah. like, you Everybody, know, like, they're reading everything. Shut exactly. It down. Yeah. Yeah. That you as an organization and as this like society within the company you work at has made a rule and a pact that that's not an accepted behavior, that there'll be a group of IT people surveilling and reading people's emails. So I, I'm imagining, and I'm seeing this happen with our customers. I'm imagining this being a broader movement with the customers we have today being representative, which is that same thing will happen with video, is that this idea, like it'll self-regulate. Like if there are examples where workers are being surveilled and they feel like they're just being watched all the time, do you think that company is going to attract and retain the best people? Yeah. Like they're going to be, Hey, what are you doing? Cut it out. Like, right. So it's going to allow the technology to be developed and used in a useful way for those people, because I I'm seeing it kind of get regulated, but the key is you have to educate everybody on it being there and what it can be used for. And then you work backwards from the mission of that operations person or the CSA or the team lead, right. Or the owner operator, right. Yeah. 
and then you you make sure it's designed in a way that it helps them and you give it to everybody so yeah i think yeah i think that's super important uh, education and expectations everybody knows yeah. what it's supposed to be used for yeah generally speaking we will rise to that expectation we will we will do that thing that's the hope yeah yeah that's hopefully. a bet yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Tanush, thank you so much for spending some time with us today on the on the podcast. It's been a super fascinating conversation, and I can't wait to see uh, what you all get into next. Thank you for having me. This was a fun chat. Yeah. Hey, if you guys are listening wherever you are, uh, make sure you don't miss episodes by subscribing to this podcast. And if you want to catch us uh, on a week-to-week basis, live and in the flesh, you can do that at uh, carwashmagazine.com to get the latest schedule on when we're going to be live uh, and throw in some uh, terrible jokes your way. Uh, And until then, friends, there's just one thing you've got to do, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.